Hey there, listeners. You're listening to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm your co-blost, Meg Trowbridge. I'm Meg Hayes. I'm Kate Elston. Welcome. Boy. And I'm recording. <gasps> I'm never recording. Oh my, my God. My periods are so short that they never link up to when yeah. we record. So. Well, you know what that means. <clears throat> oh, hi, I am recording. Oh, hi, I am recording. Oh, hi, I am recording. Hear me go. That's right. <laughs> Did I find the pitch, Meg? You- that you both sounded did, really good. I, I thought you were asking good, me, the music good. professional, <laughs> coming from you. <laughs> um, yeah, we got a great episode. I'm so excited. We sat down with Kate Willett. Um, she's a fantastic stand-up comedian. She performs all over the country. She had a Netflix special. Um, she's open for Margaret Cho. Like she's just like killing the game. Yeah. Um, and she sat down with us while she was here for SF Sketchfest and we talked stand up, we talked periods, we talked Bernie. Tio Bernie. Bernie. Tio Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> and to let everyone know, we did have this conversation well before the primaries even started and well before Super Tuesday. So just be aware of that. And she herself has a podcast called Reply Guys. That's right. Yeah, which we talk about. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. we will chat about. Um, but before we go into that interview, quick period updates. I mean, Kate's blackording. I'm blackording. It's at the end. Nothing nothing fancy happened this time. Um, I did I did use my flow to freedoms a lot. Oh, nice. Cool. Which was really cool. Um, because I worked from home the first day I got it. Mm. Oh, the cramps woke me up again at uh, like a 4.30 ew. in the morning. Sucks. Um but I, I, I slept in my float of freedoms knowing that, that would probably happen and Smart. lounged around all day in them. And it felt really great. Nice. Yeah. So thank you, Float of Freedom, for giving us those to use. I love them. Love it. That's awesome. I'm technically starting my placebo pills this evening. Oh. Um, so we'll yeah. see. Best of luck Pray to you. Pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a kind of interesting period update. So since I switched insurance, I'm doing like all these checkups with my new gyno. So I had another... Uh, ultrasound, both Ooh. the abdominal and transvag. Transvag, love a good transvag. Ultrasound, ultrasound. <laughs> um, but to put the cake, no, 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 icing. To put the cherry? wand cherry. in the vag. Oh. <laughs> okay, but yes, uh, the cherry on top was that um, I was having my heaviest bleeding day. Oh. And I called. I was like, "Can you still do this?" And they're like, "As long as you're comfortable." And I'm like. I just want to get it over with. Yeah. So, yeah, heaviest day, had a uh, wand, ha- also had to have a full bladder as they're like pressing down on my abdomen. Oh my God. And it's my heaviest period day. I'm just oh like, God. I mean, this is just, but luckily the lady was so nice. Like, I mean, but also just like normal. Yeah. Not like overly nice, like, okay, we're, well, yeah. we're going to be very gentle. She was yeah. just like a normal, nice woman. That's I was like, great. fuck yeah. So they just put like a big old condom and then it's yeah. Luckily and it wasn't the rubber glove oh, this time. Rubber glove, so that was nice. Um, did they? Oh, so they looked at your God. ovaries and your uterus. Is yes. That what that, so mm-hmm. we're good. We good. I didn't. They no. didn't tell me anything. I have to wait for my oh. doctor to call. I know. Oh. I it makes me kind of nervous actually because yeah. like I feel like they were supposed to come in and be like, here's what's going on, and they didn't. Oh well. So we'll see. Knows? We'll see. That could just be how they do it. She did yeah. re- uh, refer to my dermoid cyst as a, a real big one. Oh. So <laughs> that's got cool. a real big one. <laughs> they like named it. They're like, yeah. his name is Gerald. And <laughs> it's a thing. Oh my God. So yeah. So that's my update. Uh, wow. We haven't done a cysts, cysts episode. <laughs> it's we, we wish can't you a merry cyst, Miss. That came from um, my very best friend, Brie, 
had surgery on a cyst on her spleen that was like the size of a football Ah! and it was on her spleen and you could like see it and she always kind of had like a big like abdomen and she was just like I guess this is how I'm built and like one summer or winter it was winter after college she got her surgery on it and my dad my mom and I were gonna go visit her the next day in the hospital my dad goes because my mom and I are always singing to people wherever we go and my dad said you guys should sing her we wish you a merry cyst miss and my mom and I like grabbed each other by the arm and we wrote the whole song that night (laughs) that's amazing it was we wish you a merry cyst miss we wish you a merry because it was Christmas time yeah (laughs) wish you a merry cyst miss we wish you a merry cyst miss and a healthy new spleen you once had a wait your spleen is now small but it once had a football good tidings for cyst miss and a healthy new spleen <laughs> That's so good. Uh, oh my god! We're writing a song for Gerald, man. <laughs> dermoid with the word dermoid. In it. Yes, yeah. everything rhymes with dermoid. Dur- luckily, dermoid. we'll get Daryl the dermoid. Daryl. You gotta come up with Daryl. Yeah, Daryl the, the dermoid is better yeah. than Gerald the yeah. dermoid. Um, great. Well, should we get to Kate? Let's, Let's do it. Kate, 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 Kate. Listeners, Kate Willett is joining us, and we're so excited to have her in studio. She is a comedian, actress, and writer who is known for her raunchy feminist humor. And you may have seen her at stand-up venues around the country on Viceland, Comedy Central, Netflix, and most recently, Stephen Colbert. She's also the co-host of the podcast Reply Guys, which is a socialist feminist comedy podcast we're so excited you made time for us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And we're two Kates and two Megs now. Yeah. Yay. So it's very adorable. All is that's, right in the world. That is, uh, that's not a lot of names to remember. No, yeah. It's yeah. pretty easy. Just take the a stab Kevin may commence. Yeah. Anyway, Kate, thank you so much for being on our period podcast. Oh, thank yes. you. You know, I have a period. That, so well, relevant. Let's, let's <laughs> talk relevant. about it. What's your menstrual history? Do you remember your first period? Yeah, I got my period, I think, for the first time when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was very jealous because this girl named Kelly, who was like very pretty, got her period before everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very beautiful and she was developed yeah she was she was developing and she was uh very popular and she got her period and i was like when am i gonna get my period and i did like a couple months later wow yeah nice. still sound like you were also earlier than a lot of people yeah, yeah I mean, it's more like 12 13 yeah no i i was i i did uh go through puberty very early i think not mm. early for these days i think these days because mm. of like hormones and stuff kids yeah. go through puberty at like nine but yeah back then, i had a student at my school that got her period in third grade and so oh, that's God. messed up i, I she don't was think that's like a little old for her age like i think she was nine but i was like Oh God, you poor thing! Yeah, yeah, it sucks. <clears throat> but You're for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I was very short. I was like probably, I don't know, four feet tall or something, four <laughs> or five, and I was like stacked. I had like feet <laughs> ups and stuff, <laughs> so I was like very awkward. I was, I was a. Uh, very uh, popular with some people and very loathed by other people. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure that uh, these titties here defined <laughs> a lot of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, where did you grow up? I grew up outside of Los Angeles, like cool. in the suburbs. Um, cool. Where about? When in, like in a junior high and elementary school, I lived in Northridge. Oh, okay. um, so like San Fernando Valley area. And then in high school um, or like end of eighth grade, my family moved out to Valencia, which is where Magic Mountain mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Nice. Familiar. I'm from the Long Beach area. Oh, nice. I mainly yeah. know of uh, Long Beach super well from uh, being a... Uh, 
a true fan as a teen of the band Sublime. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, so we're very proud yeah. of Sublime. Wow. Yeah. Very proud. Wow. True, authentic, sincere fan. Yeah. I was just looking up the lyrics to no irony. <laughs> yeah. Well, it I should mean, it never be irony when speaking of, of Sublime, Meg. Well, I mean, now, like, now I think it's funny, but like back then it was so real to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like was like, I like learned Spanish so that I could like understand the Spanish songs. Century. <laughs> yeah. That's so freaking funny. How many talent shows? So Long Beach too. It yeah. so beautifully yeah. encapsulates Long Beach. I, like how many talent shows did I sit through of like my peers doing a Sublime song? Oh, I'm course. just like so many like eighth grade talent shows. Oh man, I slept with a guy like two years ago who his main hobby was like playing Sublime songs on his guitar. It was <laughs> he was doing this to impress me. Mm, mm. And, and it, it worked. Very, I did it. <laughs> you know how I felt at that time? I felt like a weird mixture of like um kind of like shame and also like self-loathing, but that also all was connected to like being turned on. So yeah, I yeah. Sure. I I feel like that's your I, brand, Kate. I hooked up with that <laughs> sublime man. Yeah. He was yeah. Was it sublime? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was sub sublime. Yeah. But I was on my period. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, yeah. so um, okay, yeah. So your a lot of your comedy is about like hookups with hook guys, and, and I love how bold and like just like real you are about this. Like, so how does yeah? How have periods how does period come into that? Sex work, yeah. When you're hooking up with someone. Well, I, okay. I don't think I really have many jokes about period sex, but maybe I'll write some someday. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You I can mean, dedicate them to this show. <laughs> I just, I mean. I don't know. I don't think that being on periods is a big deal. I can, how gross mm. can it be on this podcast? Oh, oh we, we, did, we did an episode where we smell, where we reported back what our smells were okay. to each well, other. Yeah, I mean, like, I, there's, the, the case could be made that uh, periods are gross, but yeah. I also think that dicks are gross and <laughs> yeah. so are balls. Yeah. So, <laughs> so is semen. Yeah. And you don't know where they've been. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, uh, queer i was gonna say bisexual but i don't know i kind of alternate between bi and pan but it's like mm. I, i've you know slept with women on their periods and it i don't know it doesn't bother me yeah, so yeah. Cool. i just i'm like i can't I, really like, if i can handle it you can handle exactly. it exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah have you heard of the term down to clown no mm, i'm so sorry i introduced it to you <laughs> it's or like, you're welcome or you're yeah. welcome uh we learned it and our lives are never the same what uh, does it mean uh, going down on someone with a period down oh, because to clown red nose yeah i got it the the sublime man told me that uh, <laughs> i called. never want to know his name i feel like this man really yeah. had a you know you might want to free reintroduce uh, yourself to no this he's, man. he's the thing about it is he was a he was a bad person mm. and you know nothing can ruin your life like a bad person with a cool dick i mean that is <laughs> That that can really cause months to years of agony and yeah. uh yeah but he he said it was called riding the red tide I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself for being this gross but there's something like when a guy has been like uh messing around with your heart for a long time mm-hmm. yeah there's something that feels uh, very vindicating about just covering him in your blood wow <laughs> hey you're yeah. insane Inspiring me to wait until the next time I'm bleeding to text a certain individual. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. That's wow. great. So how are your periods these days? What's what's the story? What's your product? What's your... Yeah. Uh, you know, I usually just use tampons. I know that like... I, I, I have a diva cup personality. I, seem, <laughs> I can see that. 
that in you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really wear a lot of makeup on a daily basis, and I've got I've got really crunchy vibes. So I seem like I would use uh, eco-friendly period products. You seem and like I, a vegan and a diva cup user. Yeah, yeah. and, right. and yeah. I want to, but the thing is, is like you know, I'm out a lot. I like yeah. like leave the house in the morning and sometimes I don't get home until midnight and I don't really like know how I would deal with a, a diva cup in a public restroom. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I just use tampons. But I, I'm thinking about making the switch. Uh-huh. I find that uh, one thing that really helps me is when I'm getting a lot of calcium in my diet, I don't have period cramps. And, really? Yes. Yeah. And the way that I learned that was that uh, I lived in this co-op when I was in college where we had a soy milk dispenser. And Are I you had sure no- you don't wear Diva Cups? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very true. That, what did you have a Diva Cup dispenser? In no. We had a soy milk dispenser and I had never tried soy milk before and I thought it was like delicious so I kept drinking a yeah. lot of it and then when I got my period I, I noticed that there was like just no cramps like i didn't even know it was coming and then the next month like same thing and then i like kind of stopped with the soy milk because i was like kind of getting uh i wasn't fitting my clothes anymore (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like i don't really need all these all these extra calories or whatever and then my cramps came back and i was like what's going on i researched it and i found out that the soy milk i was drinking had like a ton of calcium and so i experimented Mm. with uh getting more calcium in my diet and that Really? Affects cramps a lot. Yeah, because wow. I was wondering if it would be because you know how soy can affect your estrogen levels. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, I wonder if your it was your estrogen, but no, it but like uh, it was calcium. Yeah, I mean any any like calcium rich uh, foods, you know, dairy, broccoli. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not vegan either. I don't know. I've I've been vegan at various points, but <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. So I know in some of your stand up, you've talked about uh, having conservative family members. Uh, yeah, and so like were was it was your household like were you primed and ready for your period like could you talk about it with people in your family or was it just like you figure it out yourself 11 year old so no my mom's parents never told her about her period when she was younger and she also got her period when she was like 11 years old and she had never heard of a period before so she uh, was very traumatized and she thought that she was dying and she like just was like crying and crying and crying and her school wouldn't tell her um until her mom came and picked her up and then her mom told her what was happening but she you know she spent she spent like hours thinking that she was gonna die and she was like very adamant that she would not want me to have that same experience so she told me about periods when I was I don't know young eight or nine you know way before it was uh, a thing that was gonna happen and then uh, when I told her uh, I was really mad because she told my dad like right away Um, and I was yeah I was upset I was like this is none of his goddamn business (laughs) (laughs) what does this have to do with him yeah exactly but yeah I mean my parents yeah I don't know. My dad was uh, very awkward about that stuff in general, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like, I think maybe once or twice um, at the grocery store, my mom asked him to like get like tampons with the rest of things and or pads or whatever, and he was just like, "Here's your thing," you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't look me in the eye. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my 
But I mean, it shouldn't really be like that. Like, no. I feel like I feel right. like period products should be the same as like shampoo, uh, to- toilet paper, or something. Yes. It's like I guess it's embarrassing that we all take a shit or something, but right. it's just yeah. we've accepted it. Right. We know yeah. that yeah. that's part of being yeah. a person. <laughs> I've never realized how graphic the Charmin commercials are, where they're like. Like, it's the little animated bears, but there's, like, the one where it's, like, underwear on the floor. I'm not going to touch it. You touch it. I'll touch it because it's clean. Thanks, Charmin. That's disgusting. It's, like, skid marks. And we have blue liquid in our goddamn commercials. Yes, right. They're talking about skid marks? Yeah. Yes. Come on. You've heard us rant about the various menstrual products that give us grief when we're active. Whether we're riding our bikes, doing yoga, camping, Meg D, or watching Netflix in bed. That's why we're really excited about Flow to Freedom workout wear. Flow to Freedom wanted to create awareness around periods while giving bleeders peace of mind around leakage. So they created yoga pants and shorts with patent pending leak proof material that holds two tampons worth of liquid. Not only do they make your butt look nice. Noise. It's, it's noise. Noise. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's take that back. Not only do they make your butt look nice, but their classic look is for every day. So rock them at work, while running errands, and at the gym. Our fave part, besides preventing us from bleeding everywhere, is that approximately six plastic bottles go into the making of each pair, along with other eco-friendly materials. And they're ethically made in Canada. We love a good sustainability story. And our listeners are in for a treat. Use the code ViciousBleeders to receive 15% off your entire order. That's V-I-C-I-O-U-S-B-L-E-E-D-E-R-S. Vicious Bleeders. So go to flowtofreedom.com. That's flow2freedom.com to check out their shop and stop bleeding all over yoga class. Come on. Keep calm and bleed in your flow to freedoms. Oh, that's nice. Love it. Do you have any period jokes in your current routine or have you I don't think so. incorporated them throughout your career? I don't think I've ever had a period joke. Um, and I think that part of the reason, I, I could be wrong, but not like a memorable sure, one, yeah, not sure. like one I did a lot, but I think part of the reason why I never did is because there is uh, such a taboo yeah. of uh, yeah. female comics telling period jokes. People, because that's like the stereotype that people say about female comics is like, oh, they just always talk about being on their period. Right. So I, I think internalized that mm-hmm. in some way when I was like starting out um, and I didn't write period jokes. Um, and then... By the time I was like, okay, I don't really care what people think. I'm just going to do what I want as a comic. I was like really on this mission to write uh, some cleaner stuff Mm -hmm. uh, for so I could like get on TV with it. Um, So I couldn't do that. But then I mean, and like I did also write lots of dirty stuff during that time too. Mm -hmm. like the best way to write dirty stuff is to try not to in my (laughs) (laughs) opinion. Yeah. Like look how that turned out. I'm cutting carbs and now I only eat bagels. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. No, I don't have any period jokes. I would like to write some though. It just feels like there's such a high standard for that because it feels like I have to be have like a a perfect period joke or something that's not true but it's like a pressure I put on myself yeah that makes sense do you feel like that a stigma comes from male comics just being uncomfortable with the topic because I can't imagine that women are going around being like oh duh like welcome female comedian what are you gonna do a period joke (laughs) like I imagine it comes from like the fact that it's a male dominated community yeah they they feel like they hear it more than they do because when they hear it once they're like oh all the time yeah Yeah. exactly i think 
Yeah, I don't know. I I was talking to a, a male comic friend of mine, and you know, he's like a little bit of an older guy, not a bad person in any way, but uh, you know, like he's he's getting woke now. Like, uh, sure, <laughs> sure. He, he, we have some he, friends he, like that. He didn't yeah. start that way, and he was like talking about. It, he's just like, oh, I feel like uh, female comics. They just always talk about their period and being a woman and they don't talk about anything else and i was like oh and i i was trying to uh you know long con my approach and i was like oh that's interesting that 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 could be true but i I can't i can't think of an example of anyone who only talks about those things can you think of one (laughs) he was like i can't really and i'm like i'm not saying it's not true i just i just i really can't think of even one example and then he and then he was like he thought about it he's like yeah i can't either maybe it's not a thing so such a nice way of doing that with like of helping someone come to a realization without demeaning them or judging that like this is a friend of yours you're like you're a good person, but you've internalized this truth that isn't actually true. Right. Yeah, and I mean, he, like yeah. guided him to the water. And I wish that I could be more like that sometimes, but I, I actually am very opinionated, and I, uh, I lose my temper with people oh, all yeah. the time, uh, especially because I, I post stuff on social media uh, that is either uh, very feminist mm-hmm. or uh, very socialist, and <laughs> uh, people get very mad at me about both things, and I lose my patience. <laughs> and say it's unreasonable things. Patience online though yeah, like this conversation so you had yeah. with him was in person in yeah. person and, and yeah. constructive yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's true yeah. i don't yeah it, that is also very true i can't really yeah there's pretty much no time when in person i will like somebody will say something i don't like and i'll just immediately start yelling at them yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. except for my parents maybe sure. yeah. yeah like yeah. of all the female well of all of the, you know, dozen of female <laughs> comics allowed to make a living doing comedy. <laughs> like, there aren't a ton of very well-known period jokes that I can summon. Like, no, Ali Wong is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 That was amazing. And like, and that's, I feel like it's recent that the big people like that are even, you know, like Wanda Sykes talks about her menopause in her latest special. I feel like this is like mm. a thing that I'm seeing now that yeah. I didn't see before. Or the physical realities of uh, pregnancy and yes. birth. Yeah. yeah. Loving, loving uh, Christina this. P. And also Ali Wong talks about that. And, uh, and Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was funny because when I saw Amy Schumer's stand-up special where she's very pregnant, yeah. I, my first thought was like, oh, this was Ali Wong's thing. And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Women get pregnant. Like yeah. women are allowed to live their life pregnant and Ali Wong maybe opened the door for her to to be feel comfortable doing it but I was like I could I could hear men online being like oh now I'm just gonna get pregnant and like cause a stir and like women don't get pregnant in order to use that to make money in a special like women are working as comics and they get pregnant and are like I guess I have to do both of these things because I have the fucking uterus um so, yeah, so you lived out in the Bay Area for a long time, did stand-up here. I did. And now you're in New York doing stand-up. Yeah. What's, like, the audience differentiation? Mm. Like, I sometimes think I'm mistaken in that, like, Bay Area is, like, so chill that, like, we can take any kind of gross humor and East Coast is more buttoned up, but also East Coast is, like, where all the comedy is. Well, you know, it was different when I started than when I left. So I started comedy here in 2012, and... uh you know, it was San Francisco was a different place. There was mm. just like a lot of there was I don't know, there was a lot of uh, 
kind of creatives and yeah. weirdos and stuff. That was yeah. right when yeah. things started to change. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. when I would, like, tell jokes about how I, like, fucked, you know, polyamorous circus performers and stuff <laughs> like that, people in the audience would relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would be like, You mean uh, Jeffrey? Yeah. Jeffrey? Talking about Jeffrey? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That actually happened to me once. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I told jokes at a show, and someone else was like, I fucked that guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't say his name or anything. It was just it was just apparent from the description, I yes. guess. And then uh, I, when I left, which was in 2015, no, beginning of 2016, mm. uh, by that time, it felt like it was much more, like, tech audiences, mm-hmm. and I felt like people were kind of laughing at how weird I was versus uh, like relating uh, to me. Yeah. There was a slight element of just, I don't know. Like it was just like, Oh, look at this little freak weirdo. Wow. People would still laugh, but it was, it was just much more like, I don't know. It just yeah. felt like it wasn't my people and stuff. Wow. And then, you know, in New York it's like, it's different, right? Because it's like, I'll do clubs there sometimes and it'll be very, um, what, what I don't want to say this like it'll be like a lot of uh, tourist audiences uh-huh. uh, from mm-hmm. all over the country it tends to skew a little bit more conservative and then it uh-huh. tends to be um, I, I don't know it tends to be people that uh, are more interested in like joke 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 mm-hmm. but then in Brooklyn it tends to be more like people who live in Brooklyn and people tend to Got like uh, weirder shit you know like not um yeah, you can explore more. It sort of reminds me a little bit more of how San Francisco mm. used to feel mm. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So as a comic, do you adjust your set based on where you're playing or do you kind of use that as an opportunity to try out this type of joke at this club in Manhattan versus this type of joke in Brooklyn? I only do what I do. So right. um, <laughs> when I, you know, even if I go to a more conservative place and stuff, I'm still doing like, you know, the intense uh feminist weirdo shit right um because mm-hmm. that's most of my material so i can't like write a whole other act right. and yeah. you know sometimes it's fun sometimes it's fun to do stand up in front of an audience that uh thinks you are weird and have strange beliefs um it can be rewarding like i did uh this club in peoria illinois last year wow. uh or maybe it was at the end of 2018 and uh yeah i mean some of the audience really liked it some of the audience a couple audience members like walked out and because they were offended which like i'm not really offensive like i'm not but they were talking about sex yeah sex and feminism and stuff like that okay uh, that's offensive i mean yeah and uh and but the club owner was so like he he liked me and he was very on my side so he made an announcement before (laughs) the show the next night he was like He's like, I just want everyone to know that this comic tonight is a bisexual liberal from San Francisco. And if you have a problem with that, you can leave now. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone, wow. anybody leave at no, that time? Yeah, the whole audience like, no, I can't handle yeah, that. That is so freaking funny. Yeah. Yeah. And with schools that like, I mean, so we've talked about how you get really political, I think in your comedy, but especially on your Facebook, when you post, like I saw you post about Biden just yesterday and like you, like you are open about talking about politics and you want to engage in conversation. Do you skip uh, those conversations on like day two of your period. Like, can you not handle that? <laughs> or is it or, better? Yeah, or yeah. Or can you, you really have more in? vengeance? Good question. I, I don't know. Like, to, to be honest, I probably especially uh, seek them out a lot of the time when I'm like in a like super 
having a great day. I'm very happy. I'm uh, more engaged in my life and less online. But when I'm sure. just fucking mad about some stuff, sometimes I'll just be like, all right, I'm going to fucking do this. Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's trying to post bitches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, right now, politically, I uh, have probably been posting more stuff because, I, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, controversial opinion, but I think it's really important that we get Trump out of the White House in 2020. And uh, we'll cut that out. I don't yeah. want to alienate. Our- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I probably have been uh, feeling, I don't know, thinking about it more. I mean, I just write yeah. jokes about whatever I'm thinking about, but this has been something that has been on my mind. Yeah. 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 So yeah. let's talk about your podcast then. I'm a huge fan. I listen. Yes. Oh, thank you. Big fan. Um, how do you, what do we do? In 2020, <laughs> how do we, what do we do? Like, how do you stay positive? Uh, so I'll and tell, also plug your podcast. Too, so like here's my you. real opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Everyone's going to agree with this, but I'll, I'll make my case and you can uh, write me and engage with me if you want to. <laughs> um, I think that uh, it's really important in, in order to be Trump. I think it is really important to, um, nominate a candidate that will bring out voters that did not vote yeah. the last yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Bernie Sanders attracts um, independence and uh, non-voters and first-time young voters people. at a rate that, and young people at a rate that no other candidate does. And, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps that should not be uh, the only consideration. We also want to elect someone who has policies that will help people. But luckily, he also has yeah. the policies <laughs> that help the most people. So for me, it just feels like a very obvious choice. And, um, you know, especially as a as a feminist, it feels like a very obvious choice because I I think his platform is very feminist. Like when it comes to issues, I really care about like reproductive rights. Well, I think one thing that is often overlooked with reproductive rights is that uh, the people who have trouble getting abortions right now are for the most part low income people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Medicare for all is not only just allowing abortion, it's free abortion yeah you know and yeah. uh health care for everybody yeah. free at the point of service nobody pays anything i mean how many people will be able to uh, leave their abusive marriage for right. example yeah. because yeah. of that how or, many- or take a job that they would rather have yes yeah. take a, leave yeah. a harassing yeah. job <clears throat> i mean if people like there is so much connection um between people uh being in uh, abusive or uh, misogynistic situations and not really having the choice to leave because of economic circumstances. And, and, you know, there's just a a thousand connections between um, having policies that uh, help with uh, income inequality and um, the feminist issues that I really care about. So, you know, for these reasons, I think it will be you know would be really great if bernie were the nominee and in in my opinion i think that uh young people are so excited about him and i think we could see like massive voter turnout in 2020 and like Mm -hmm. defeat the Mm -hmm. fuck out of the misogynist Mm -hmm. in the white house who would a good vp for him be to maybe get someone who's like you know lives in like you know, I'm from Seattle, so like a rich part of like Bellevue, Washington, who's maybe a conservative but wants doesn't want Trump anymore. You know, mm. yeah. Or should we even be caring about those people? I think. No. I mean, I think that the obvious choice would be Elizabeth Warren. I would hope that they would team up. I mean, Elizabeth Warren does have a, you know, Elizabeth Warren's base is a lot of 
uh, more affluent people. That's part of the reason that for me, I think Bernie Sanders is a better choice for mm-hmm. president because mm-hmm. I think it's good to have a president who is accountable to uh, low income folks yeah. because yeah. they're the most That's vulnerable people um, in our society in a lot of cases. So, you know, but I think um, Elizabeth Warren would be a great choice. I mean, Bernie's going to pick somebody that he is uh, ideologically aligned with 100 percent because his VP is like all of his plans um, hinges on his uh, VP pick. And the reason that is, is because his method for passing some of the stuff, people are always like, oh, how are you going to pass all this? Mm -hmm. So Bernie plans on passing a lot of things through reconciliation, like Medicare for all. People are like, how are you going to get to 60 votes? Mm -hmm. He's not going to get to 60 votes. Uh, I do think it is possible to get to 50 um, and uh, the or to 51 rather because um, the vice president can be the tie-breaking right, vote right. and the vice president is also some the person who decides the rules of the senate interesting um and mm. in deciding the rules of the senate the vice president d- decides what is possible through reconciliation or not uh, mm. budget reconciliation is a process that gets around the filibuster um so you don't yeah. need 60 votes to pass something and uh the vp is the one who calls that shot so wow. there's absolutely cool. no chance that yeah. Bernie Sanders is going to pick a vice Booty president who is no who is not completely on board with right. Medicare for all and with a uh, full student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. And yeah, it's really only her. Yeah. Well, no, he can pick anyone. He doesn't have to pick someone who's running either. Yeah, he can yeah. Pick that's a, true. And yeah. I almost want to keep it, her in the Senate. Almost. Yeah, it like might. It, it, yeah. It, 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 it might not be someone who's running. That's true. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean. I think, you know, I think if AOC were oh, of age. a little older, <laughs> yeah. that, um, he would certainly oh God, pick her, you know. Because a Sanders administration would have an extremely cool cabinet yeah, in general. Yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine uh, as head of the EPA... Um, a climate activist. Oh, like yeah. can you imagine yeah. what that huh. would be like? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it would it would be. Absolutely I mean, that's incredible. the thing I think yeah. that yeah. people forget is that, like, no matter what happens, whoever is president gets to fill so many important cabinet positions, yeah. mm-hmm. and and Trump being able to put someone who doesn't believe in minimum wage as labor secretary, someone who doesn't believe in climate change as EPA, someone who doesn't believe in like uh, public schools as education secretary, like. There's so much more at stake than just, you know, than, yes, I want Medicare for all. But I also want fucking people who can have a fucking brain and, like, believe in the things that they represent. Like, ugh, driving me crazy. And there's something really cool, I think, to say about, I think, I mean, you know, the conversation around healthcare right now, believing in a public option when it comes to Obamacare is almost like the moderate view now. Yeah. Which I think is so cool. And that's like Sanders doing like yeah. he made the progressive view be Medicare for all and the moderate view being op- being a public option, which yeah. is yeah. so much different than it was under Obama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't understand why a public option is worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can, can I be on a soapbox for like, yeah, a second yeah. and talk about that? I mean, we're we're talking about women's periods. health. We're yeah. talking yeah. about yeah. our yeah. bodies. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he, he, Medicare for all is um it's not just uh it doesn't just mean um like a health care for everybody it, it's actually a bill um but you know medicare for all is free at the point of service health care for everybody um and you know you just don't 
pay when you go to the doctor. There's no medical bills. Um, a public option is like you can sign up for health insurance and one of the options is having the government plan this was what was, was it the obama the, plan? yeah this was what aca was supposed to be before <laughs> obama and his buds uh negotiated with the insurance industry and big pharma to the point that that was uh, right, eliminated right. from right. it and that is not republicans fault that's right. really right uh something that obama was doing long before it yeah. was uh, brought to any kind of vote so um you know uh there are things that a public option won't do. Um, not every person would be automatically enrolled. There would still be medical bills. And one of the key things is that it would not actually lower costs at all. So Medicare for all is a single payer system, which means that um, there's only one payer and that's the government. So, you know, if a, a hospital has been billing insurance companies, uh, you know, several thousand dollars for an MRI, for example, the the government as the only payer can now be like, okay, the price for this is $800 or whatever yeah. is not unfair, but it's also like reasonable and lowers yeah. costs. And the way that things are right now, the people who have insurance are oftentimes uh, billed more yep. to offset all the people who don't have insurance mm -hmm. and therefore cannot pay their bill at all. Right. Um, so the costs are really inflated and it's just a, a real nightmare of a situation with Medicare for all. There wouldn't be forms. Uh, there wouldn't be uh, massive bureaucracy. And most importantly, there wouldn't be anybody without health insurance. Um, yeah. I haven't had insurance in like five years. Mm -hmm. I am a successful comedian, but you know, I'm a freelancer ultimately because we don't have like a boss boss. And so you know, I just like I take my chances, man. I don't have five hundred extra dollars a month plus the eight thousand dollar deductible. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't spend thirteen thousand dollars a year on healthcare. That no. is a a quarter of my no, that's more than a quarter of my yeah. income. It's just it's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, uh my ex boyfriend passed away last year from depression. Mm -hmm. He was not able to treat his depression when he had um you know, really uh, when his symptoms were increasing and, you know, it's not, it's not a one for one cause or effect, but like, uh, I it's do. Tools yeah. I, I, I do fully believe that if he had access to therapy and medication mm -hmm. and the things that people do have access yeah. to with insurance that I, I hundred percent believe he'd still be here. Right. So I yeah. feel really strongly about this issue. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think also it'll be, you know, women have, many more health costs than men a lot yeah, of the time because sure. of all of the things associated with a uh, pregnancy birth um mm -hmm. menopause you know so it, it'll it'll be especially important for women and uh, in my opinion i think this is a very feminist issue 100 percent. Yeah. yeah yeah it is amen okay. amen very uh, good listeners I if you liked that round of conversation you would really like kate's podcast reply guys Thank you. Talk yeah. about yeah. it. Talk about it. Uh, so Reply Guys is a, a leftist feminist comedy podcast. And I started it with my friend Julia back in July. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, Julia and I started this podcast because we noticed that a lot of uh, socialist podcasts had a little bit more of a, a masculine vibe. <laughs> and while I like and enjoy some of those podcasts, I, uh, you know, I just wanted there to be something that you maybe felt a little bit more accessible that are kind of coming to more progressive pol to people coming to progressive politics through a more feminist lens or people mm -hmm. who you know have been sort of more 
traditionally like liberal but are very concerned with uh you know feminism and racial justice um and why is it called reply guys somebody who like replies online especially to uh women in an obnoxious way the kind of joke term for that is reply guys and so (laughs) you know julia and i were uh yeah i don't know we wanted to we wanted to honor them (laughs) (laughs) especially because i think that julia and i were two people who were both initially sort of put off uh from bernie sanders and socialism because we just had a lot of jerks in our replies yeah and i and uh yeah but now i can tell you that now that i like bernie sanders uh i have just as many jerks in my replies who support other candidates so it wasn't bernie it was just the fact that you're a woman no it's not it's not bernie uh misogyny in our society is pervasive yeah. and it's not specific to the supporters yeah, of one no, candidate right, it no. is it is uh misogyny is disgusting and pervasive yeah, <laughs> have, right, you, have you had guys mansplain like a female candidate to you yeah all that the time wild yeah all the that time so wild. no all the time it happened to me yesterday like a man was uh explaining to me why i needed to to support women by voting for warren i think elizabeth warren is great mm-hmm. she is my second choice mm-hmm. uh i hope to see even a Sanders Warren ticket. But, you know, for me, supporting uh, women uh, includes myself and I really need healthcare. Yeah. (laughs) Like what, how is it? There's, I think a feminism that um, is solely based around one woman is very limited. Um, There are uh, many women. Elizabeth Warren is one of those women uh so it's amy klobuchar um kamala you know but i think that uh feminism is very important to me but i think when i think about my own feminism like a a good place that i like to start is you know what is going to help the most vulnerable women in our society and then kind of work back from there any tips for our listeners about what to like do in 2020 like how to stay sane how to not get sucked into misogynistic conversation and, like and maybe good resources to yeah. kind of learn about candidates and like yeah get educated yeah um so first uh to your first question how to stay sane i, th- I think doing uh activism in real life is uh, a nice break it puts things in perspective uh, i enjoy canvassing uh i canvassed last year a little bit for somebody who was in the running for state senate in new york a democratic socialist woman uh and knocking on doors helps a lot with sanity because you just realize like you know when you're having a conversation with someone at their house like they they weren't obsessed with the like kind of like small like who said what you know beefs or whatever that people get into online it was just like really like okay who is this person uh you know does she support rent control like kind of very focused Mm -hmm. on like what is this person going to do to help me out Mm -hmm. you know and it it like gets you right uh gets you back in the right mindset and i think um it also feels really good to do something and the people that you meet through doing real life activism are so different than the people that you meet online. Like that's when I, I realized that like in 2016, I was like, I just had a completely different 
perception of the kind of people that support Bernie Sanders than is really true. I mean, not to say that there's not like some jerks online or whatever, but like the people that I've met through like DSA or my other friends who volunteer for Bernie Sanders or whatever, very feminist, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, very anti-racist. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times women and people of color, it's not yeah. just like white right. bros who are woke or something like that. Right. Like, it's you know, it's not it's not like that. So, you know, in real life volunteering and then in terms of resources you know i think it's really good to kind of begin to explore you know multiple news sources uh you know new york times washington post great uh but you know they have openly stated biases in terms of supporting centrist candidates i mean this isn't like made up this is uh you know the editor-in-chief has said you know we're not gonna uh we don't want our reporters to go uh in for warren and sanders like they just they have a very sort of centrist bias and it gets called out all the time because Mm -hmm. you know like especially when like uh racist stuff happens they'll be like oh uh there was a racial uh misunderstanding or something like they'll just like they'll just kind of uh there's a racial spat you know i think that's some good news sources to check out which can be great like democracy now is really awesome Mm -hmm. amy goodman is one of my favorite people uh to learn from on the internet so yeah i don't know i think uh just sort of changing up your media diet a little bit and also volunteering. Uh, you know, you could listen to reply guys every week, become mm-hmm. a subscriber, rate and review us on Obviously. iTunes. Uh, and that'll, that'll for sure help you. <laughs> it, will. it totally yeah. will. Yeah. Question one. If your period could walk into a karaoke bar and sing a song, what song would it sing? Uh, you ought to know, but uh, Alanis Morissette. So good. Yeah. Yes. yes. Has that been happening? Has that one? I don't think so. No. So I yeah. thought about Perfect. that one. If That's my period was gnarlier than it is, it would be that one. Yeah. Because I just love that song. But I have a chill. <laughs> to remind <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, if your period was a Ben and Jerry's flavor, what would it be? And you are allowed to invent your own mix of flavors. You know, I want to go ahead and say Cherry Garcia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a good one because mm-hmm. it is my uh, favorite. Flavor. It's so good, but also because you know it's a, uh, it's kind of a mix of like a uh, you know smooth, but also with some little uh, trunks. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, it's a good. Um, I'm just really leaning into the disgusting element yeah. of yeah, this. Yeah, fantastic. We've heard fantastic. savory flavors from people before, so yeah. don't yeah. even worry. Yeah. Um, if you could bestow your period pains on any human person, who would you bestow them on? From the obvious to the petty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, I mean, I am a very petty. Um, I mean, I pretty much like became a stand up because I am passive aggressive and it was fun to tell jokes about, uh, you know, people that had uh, hurt my feelings <laughs> on national TV. Yeah. What a sick burn. Right? Um, Got so I there there is a guy that uh yeah, there was a, a a guy from maybe like six or seven years ago that was just such, he was such a misogynist, but the part that, you know, and that's not uncommon, but the part that really bothered me is that he wanted a lot of credit for being like a feminist guy. Ugh. Like he was just like a very like public mm. feminist figure yeah. oh, and yeah. like and, and knowing him it wasn't true at all yeah i mean I, like this guy is was not like sexually assaulting people or something like that he was just like a 
just kind of didn't treat women very well like very uh, yeah just I don't know, just like a lot, like a lot of low key sexism, but mm-hmm. also just yeah. like I'm Mr. Male feminist, Ugh. and I would love to give my period pants. Great, nice. yeah, yes, That's a good a answer. Good Honestly, I think um, <laughs> controversial opinion. If you are bad at treating women right in re- romantic relationships, you're not a feminist. No. Like you yep. can't be bad to a partner and then be like, I'm a feminist. I vocally endorsed. Hillary Clinton. I'm like, no, I. That doesn't mean doesn't anything count. to I don't me. Believe if you treat any women badly, man, that says that online. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're the yeah. The way you treat me and and like your mom mm-hmm. and like women you don't know and your actions and your coworkers. What tell me? Yeah. 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 Like you yeah. could write whatever the fuck you want to write. You could copy paste some <laughs> bullshit from like a, like a woman's profile and be like, "This is me." <laughs> I believe these things. Take my cramps, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um. Can, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. Uh, my podcast is called Reply Guys. It is uh, available wherever podcasts are free, <laughs> and. Uh, I have a special on Netflix. Just Google Ew. search my name, Kate Willett. You can find me on uh, YouTube. Yeah, and you have an album cool. too, right? I do. Yeah, yeah, I have an album. It's yeah. called Glass Gutter. So. Also, yeah. listeners, just google Kate Willett's videos just to see all her amazing dresses. Oh, yeah. thank you. Great dresses. You Great nice. dresses. Yeah. yeah. All right. This has been a blast. Yay. Yay. You guys, thank, you. thank you. Of course. Thanks, thank Kate. Hey, listeners, that wraps up this episode of Vicious Cycle. Next week, we are covering HPV, which stands for something that Meg Hayes will tell us about because she's bringing the bleed search. Um, So in the meantime, follow us on Instagram. Please leave us a review if you're liking what we do. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. Call our hotline, 9106-UTERUS. And keep calm and bleed everywhere. Our theme song was performed by The Go Ahead. Check out more at thegoaheadmusic.com.